Hey. Hi. Here's your reminder that you are worthy and capable exactly as you are in this moment. Really? There's nothing wrong with the core of you and who you are. I think you're right. If you want to be a hot girl, then you are a hot girl. I am? If you want to do Pilates, you can do Pilates. Yes, I can. And never let anyone tell you any differently. I won't. Let's start the show. Let's go. Hello to all the movers, bad bitches, and bosses out there listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And this topic was actually sent to me by someone on Instagram, another teacher. So thank you so much for this request. I'm going to read part of it just so you know where we're going to go with this episode. She was wondering if I could give some tips on how to build a class and routine as a Pilates instructor for group mat classes or any tips for a group instructor for group classes. She is certified in the classical mat and wants to move on to comprehensive, but she's feeling like she likes the style of of contemporary and doesn't want to get boring and repetitive with the classical work. So she's looking for some ideas as an instructor to keep her classes fun, and it looks like to me to keep her group classes really full and engaged. So I can give you a few tips, and first let's talk about the classical repertoire. I think starting with this is an excellent place to start. I teach all of my private clients and all of my group class clients the classical work first. I think this helps you to get a really good sense of what our goals are in Pilates, what the major concepts are, and you also start to really nail down the movement patterns that are crucial for the most advanced exercises and even for any contemporary movement that is out there. So I think it's a really good place where you're at right now. And let's talk about online programming first. I'm not sure if this instructor is in person or online, but I will tell you how that how I program my online classes first. So like I said, I like to move everyone through the classical system first. All my new members, I'm going to recommend them to start with the foundation series unless they want to jump right into something more challenging. But it's a great place to start. And oftentimes when I'm looking for inspiration for a class, I will pick an exercise from the classical mat, maybe something intermediate or advanced, something a little bit more challenging, and then I'll create a flow around it. So for instance, I have a swan flow class that is contemporary and classical, but it all starts from the classical exercise swan, and then you just get to play with it. What would it be like if you flipped it, did it kneeling, um, turned it on its head, and that actually gives you so much freedom within a structure. That helps me to plan my classes a lot because I like to have a general idea of some kind of outline and then I can throw everything into the mix and work from there. Now, this is going to depend on your clients, of course, and what they like. I've learned that my members really enjoy my flow classes, so I often do that with an exercise and figure out where it can go. Another way I like to get inspired is to think of a body focus because I don't like every class to be full body. I think it's important in your routine, especially if you're someone who works out a lot to break up uh, your training into different sections. 
So let's say I have a class, I want to do arms and abs. I just get to throw everything at the wall and see what inspires me that day. Another big inspiration for me is props. I might pick a couple props, something I haven't picked up in a while, and just start to experiment with that. And then the last big thing that inspires me are reformer exercises. Now, I know the person who wrote to me hasn't been trained on the reformer yet, but once you do, it'll be really exciting for you because you'll see how it translates to the mat and you'll be able to create really fun and creative moves that remind people of reformer exercises. And that's a great way to get inspired. So when I'm making my classes that I film, I start with that one focus, whatever is going to be my main intention of the class, and I start to freestyle and improvise. From there, I narrow down a couple of sequences. I'll write them down on a whiteboard, and I'll keep that whiteboard by my camera so that if I ever get confused or lost while I'm teaching and doing the class, I can reference that. So I hope that helps with an understanding of how I program my online classes. Of course, if I'm creating an actual program, that's a little bit different and I can make another podcast episode about that. But now let's get into in-studio classes because I have a feeling this person is probably teaching in person and I do too. I teach group reformer classes and I have... I'm lucky to have waitlisted, really full classes, and I think there's a few things I do really well that don't even have much to do with um, exactly what I'm teaching, but how I'm teaching it. So let's get into that, and I'll start by saying, when I teach in studio, like in-person classes, I freestyle. I really do. I don't go in with much of a plan except for maybe wanting to throw in a couple of exercises that I know I want to do and then I can build the class around those but here's where your classical work is really going to come in handy because I always start with footwork and the hundred right those two things are a great way to get everybody on the same page when you start the class and I don't give myself any pressure to try to reinvent the wheel The classical work is awesome, and if you lean into it, it actually makes you really special and unique, and I think it's something that um, is hard to find in the Pilates world. So definitely don't be afraid of the classical work being boring. I actually think that people like repetition, um, but there are ways to make it more exciting for you as a teacher and for clients who do want to change it up. So first of all, let's talk about not the actual programming yet, but your relationship with the people who come into your space and decide to spend 50 minutes or an hour with you. First of all, that is such an honor. And it's important to always remind ourselves as teachers, how sacred and vulnerable that space is. Remind yourself what it felt like when you first got on a reformer. And For me personally, I'm so sensitive to um, certain comments. So I try really, uh, I'm really intentional, intentional about what I say to my clients. One of the first things I do, um, especially with a new group, is let everyone know that they are free to adapt, modify, and change my exercises in a way that makes them feel good. And the only time I will stop them to check on them is to make sure it's being done intentionally or to keep them safe. So I like to have my group classes feel really autonomous, like you have the freedom to choose. 
I let people know it's okay to take a break for water and to take a bathroom break. I am so not into the style of shaming people (laughs) for taking a rest. Um, So first of all, I kind of try to set that atmosphere for my clients so it feels like a really loving and positive space because that's where I thrive. So the people who come to my class, I believe that that's where they thrive as well. Number two, make sure you learn their names. And there really isn't an excuse for this. I don't think you could, you could say you're bad with names, but you have to figure it out. I mean, again, we have to honor that these people are showing up and uh, being vulnerable for you. And the least you can do is get to know their names. The more you say their names in the class, the easier it will stick in your mind. And make a cheat sheet of names if that works for you. In my notes, I have a cheat sheet of new clients whose names I'm still working on remembering. And that's okay. Use the tools you have to get better at this. Definitely learn their names. Okay, number three, ask for consent in a group class before you make a hands-on adjustment. This is so, so important to me. It can be um, something you do at the beginning of class, maybe when you... Um, a time when you everyone's not looking at each other, but you could say, you know, if you're someone who doesn't want um, any hands-on corrections, raise your hand right now. Now, that's not the way I do it. I know that's a, the way a lot of teachers do it, and that's great too. What I like to do is just approach someone, and you can read a lot from someone's body language as well here, but then I'll just ask them, is it okay if I make an adjustment? And um, by the time I've approached someone and, and I've already shown them that I care and that they're important to me, most of the time they're going to say yes, Um, and you're trying to help them get into a movement that's either more efficient or to make something easier for them or more challenging for them. And sometimes a hands-on correction can help with that, but it's definitely not necessary and don't rely on this because when you're in a group class, you should be able to teach it with your hands behind your back, right? (laughs) The classical way. Um, So make sure you ask for consent though, if you do give a hands-on connection, um, correction rather. Okay, another important thing is to make sure that you are challenging the group. Don't take too many breaks. I think this is really common in group classes in Pilates where it's like, okay, take a break, hug your knees into your chest, let your knees twist side to side. And they do that like after every sequence when people don't need a break. So really try to read the room, get a pulse on the room and figure out what people need. And this is why I like to kind of improvise in a live teaching setting because every class is different. Every day is different. The clients that you see regularly are going to feel different every single day. And the challenge for them that day might be different. So make sure you're giving challenge and not too many breaks. How can you do this effectively in a class with many different skill levels, experience levels, and um, just general uh, capabilities? You layer and you offer options. This is huge to me. Start with a layer that everyone in the room can do. Get everyone doing that. And then if you want to add on for those people in the class who you know are there to get their butts uh, kicked a little bit, then you give the option of layering up and layering up and layering up. That's a great way to make sure you challenge everyone in the room. Another tip, make sure you start class on time You're going to have people in your group class who have different personalities, right? And you want to make sure that you're catering the class to different personality types. If you start the class on time, you're automatically going to be catering to a personality type that likes things um, 
to begin and end on time. So that is an easy one to just cross off your list and make sure you're addressing that person. That person also likes you to say what you mean and mean what you say. So if you say 10 reps, you better be doing 10 reps. And I'm guilty of this because I tend to go with the flow. As I said, I kind of improvise, but it's important to make sure you're adapting to def- different people in the room and maybe shout that person out. You know, when I have people like that in my class, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. So-and-so is here to keep track of our reps. Um, and I actually do appreciate it. And it's fun and it creates this kind of community experience um, that I really enjoy. Okay, so getting into the programming, the choreography. So you've already built a relationship, you've created a space that feels really loving and positive. And now what what are you going to teach them? You know how to challenge them, you know how to layer, but what are you going to teach them that day? So I would say use old concepts and add new moves into those. So especially if you're someone who um, is kind of bored of the classical repertoire, and you want to change it up, keep something within the vein of an exercise they've done before so that there's something familiar and then add a challenge to that. Let me think of an example. So a double leg stretch from the mat. This translates to short box flat when someone is sitting on the box and they lean back. And that's a great way to say like, remember that uh, double leg stretch we did at the start of class? Here it is in a different form. And you can do that with so many different um, exercises. And that really helps to give people, make them feel like they're uh, doing, have a relationship to the movement. I think sometimes a mistake is just trying to do a bunch of crazy different new tricks from Instagram or YouTube. And everyone in class is just like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) You know, Um, another easy way to make sure you're getting everything into the class that you can is to make sure you move the spine in every direction that's one of the awesome things about pilates is all the different ways that we move the spine so make sure you're hitting you know flexion extension rotation lateral flexion um, and that will make sure that you're kind of crossing that off your list and i also like to add a lot of athletic movements in things that bring up the heart rate a little bit I like to challenge balance because that's something I think is so so important Um, I really love planks so you're pretty much always going to get spine moving in every direction a little bit of athletic higher intensity movement um, and definitely some moments to relax and take a nice chill pill but not too many of those right and definitely some planks (laughs) Um, so I really hope this helps there's obviously so much more that goes into teaching. I've been teaching fully certified since 2019, so I've only been doing this, you know, officially since 2020, yeah, since 2019, so about 3 years. And there's always more to learn. Make sure you're taking class, make sure you're staying inspired, make sure you're feeling the movement in your body, and that will help as well. So I could do a whole another episode on cueing because I think um this is where sometimes cueing can really make a difference between a class where you feel really good and a class where you're lost and confused. But my biggest tip for that would be to record yourself teaching a class and then take your own class. Do you get where do you get lost? What kind of cues feel good for you? And then apply that to your teaching. And also remember that there's different 
learners, like I said, those different personality types in the room, the ones who are going to want, you know, more breaks, the ones who are going to want everything to be very regimented. And that goes the same with queuing. There's going to be people who want um, visual cues. There's going to be people who want task-based cues and internal cues and um, just throw uh, everything at the wall, but also make sure the clients are moving before you do that, right? So get everyone moving and then use that class as an experiment. I do this too. So I've got everyone moving. Let's say everyone is doing the hundred and I'm looking around the room and I'm maybe seeing some things that um, could make it more challenging for the group or I can see people who are ready to um, kind of level up and I'll start throwing out some cues and I'll wait, see if that hit and then move from there. And you can always use your classes as sort of an experiment. I really, really love to do that. Um, I really hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for the request. And I'm happy to take more. Feel free to shoot me a DM. And a big shout out to the teachers who are here to learn from me. I definitely am not trying to establish myself as like a teacher trainer because um, I like to train everyone. But I'm really grateful and so honored to um, have teachers ask me for their advice. That means a lot to me. So thank you. Stay moving and feel good. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram or TikTok. You can find me at Ruth Pilates Studio, all one word. If you'd like to try out any of my classes, on-demand programs, and challenges, and join this community of bad bees across the globe, you can sign up today for a seven-day free trial. Just check out the show notes for the details. And lastly, remember to stand so tall and proud. Can't wait to talk to you next.